welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Lan. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. Uh, at the City Light Church, we usually go by an annual theme and a monthly theme. So for this year, the theme of, of uh, the theme of this year at the City Light Church is it's a God show, and that's from John chapter twenty, verse twenty. God told us at the beginning of the year that this year is going to be a year of His show. He said we're going to experience His hand, we're going to see His side, we're going to see Him, and as we see Him, we will be overjoyed. And, you know, we'll be overjoyed at what we see. So uh, this year was tagged, it's a God show. And believe me, it's been a God show. It's been a God show in my life. It's been a God show in the lives of so many people. It's been a God show in our world, in our city. So many things are going on right now that, you know, God, God, is, God is actively working through it all. And so many things are happening. Uh, despite all the gloom and all the darkness that is going on, so many things are happening that is strengthening his people, uh, that is advancing his cause. It's a God show. That's what is taking place uh, in our lives uh, this year. And, you know, we always want to declare the words that God, you know, speaks over us because as we declare it, our faith becomes strong. Our faith becomes strong. Um, become strong regarding that word and we, we begin to see more of the manifestation of that word when we win a good warfare with the prophecies that have been spoken before. So I want you to declare it one more time that it's my God show. It's a God show for my family. It's a God show for me. It's a God show in my career. It's a God show in my work with God. It's a God show in my finances. It's a God show in my city. It's a God show in my nation. Is a God show at this time. God is moving. God is working. And because of the show of God that is taking place, I am overjoyed. So in the month of May, our theme um, has been virtual realities. Virtual realities. Virtual reality, reality is a kind of a show. And that's why we're using that topic. And uh, our text is taken from uh, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, where Paul talks about two shows that you could experience, two realities that we can experience. In first, um, Second Corinthians 4.18, it says, so we don't look, so that's a show, at the troubles we can see now. So there are troubles. We cannot deny the fact that troubles show up, troubles come, trials, constraints, restraint, unpleasant things, pressures, they show up. And the tendency that, you know, that we may be tempted to, you know, to to yield towards is to focus on the troubles. But Paul is saying here that despite the fact that we have all these current realities, there's another reality that supersedes that. It says we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. How can you look at something that cannot be seen? Yeah, because it can really be seen. It only can't be seen by just looking at your physical eyes. By, you, can't, you can't see the other realities, the higher realities, by just using your natural perspective. You have to see it from God's perspective. You have to look at it in the world. But there's a higher reality that we can look at. He said, for the things which we see now, the physical things, all these things happening right now, they will soon be gone. This is not a permanent situation. What is going on in your life right now is not permanent. It's just temporary. It's not going to last forever. 
It is not a parking spot. It's just a passing lot. You are just going through this. And I, I emphasize that what you are going through. You are not staying there. You are going through. You are going to get to the other side. Someone said it this way. He said, if you are going through hell, then don't stop. Because you don't stop. Don't stop. Because if you stop, then you are going to stay right there. Go through it. Just go through hell and get, and get to the other side. God said, when you walk through the waters, when you walk, you know, through the fire, I'll be with you. He didn't say when you stay in the fire, when you stay in the water. No, he said when you go through it. So somebody said right now, I am going through, but I am not staying in. I'm going through. There is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There's something on the other side. There's something on the other side. And I'm going to get to that other side because God has promised that to me. So God says, we, the things we see now will soon be gone. But it is those things which we cannot see that will last forever. So this month, we are focusing on those where we're not denying the realities that is around us, but we're focusing on those other invisible things that are permanent, the invisible things that are permanent. And that's what we have been talking about. Today, I want to continue the same study of 2 Corinthians. And today, I want to preach a message uh, titled, you know, still under the virtual reality series, I call it Grace for All Realities. Grace for All Realities. Grace for All Their Realities. In 2 Corinthians uh, 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 chapter 12, Paul, Paul gives us a very personal experience. In fact, I will say in all the letters of Paul, this experience that he gives us in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 is the most personal and probably the most discussed, um, controversial, you know, in some circles and all that, because people put a lot of interpretation to it. But it's one of the, one of the most intense experience and the summary of the things that Paul had to go through in his life, the realities that he had to go through. I had said earlier in past messages, which you can listen to on our social media, um, you know, just check our social media. You can listen to the messages or check our podcast. You can listen to the past messages. I've said before that Paul wrote so many letters that were personal. But 2 Corinthians is the most personal letter of Paul. Because in other letters, he was dealing with the realities of other people. But in this place, he was dealing with his own realities. He was going through conflict with the church that he founded. With some people within the church that he founded, he was concerned about certain things. He had had, they've had, they've exchanged some harsh words. He had written harsh letters to them. He had been there. He had seen people oppose him and do all that. And he was writing back, I'm coming back, and something has to change. So Paul went personal. People were talking about him. People were saying he wasn't an apostle. He wasn't an apostle. People were saying that he was a swindler. People were saying, they were saying all kinds of things about him. So Paul really waxed very personal. But in Paul waxing personal, the Holy Spirit uses that word and gives us a message in 2 Corinthians of how we can respond under pressure, on how we can, we, can, we can allow the glory of God to shine through restrictions and conflict and pressures. And that's what we've been looking at this month. How can we, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the constraint, allow the glory of God to shine through our lives? And we're going to continue with that today. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about, you know, he tells us a very interesting story. I mean, this is a very personal story. We're going to quickly look at that story and we're going to learn a bunch of things from there. So we're going to start from verse 1 so that, you know, we can understand what Paul was talking about. So he said, this boasting will do no good. But I must go on. 
I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. So listen, you get the context. Some people have been saying Paul is not an apostle. Paul is this. And Paul said, you know what? <clears throat> guys, if I tell you what I have experienced, if I tell you where I have been, you guys won't, won't be saying all this stuff. And I don't, but I don't like boasting. This is not good. I don't want to boast. But you know what? Reluctantly, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you some things that you don't know. You know, sometimes you feel that you understand the realities of people. Sometimes we feel that we, we, you know, we understand what is going on in people's lives. And we, we come to certain conclusions about it. But you don't really know the, the real story. I'm sure some of you watching me right now, you have had people misjudge what you did. You've had people misjudge what is happening in your life. And you're like, you know, you guys don't know the full story. And sometimes some people are reluctant to tell it. You know, you don't know the full If you knew the full story, you will understand why I am standing here, why, why I have this standpoint. And we all need to extend that grace to one another. That's, you know, when you are talking to people or you are looking at a particular situation going on, you need to understand that you, until you stand in the other person's shoes, you, you cannot fully understand what is going on. Because you don't know that person's experience. You don't know what has happened. You don't know the full thing. You can only experience things from your own perspective and from your own place. From your own place. You know, but you have to step into other people's shoes for you to be able to really understand what is going on. So we all need to be humble. You know, we need to humble ourselves and say, you know what? I know I have all these opinions. I know I have all these things I say. You know, we don't fully understand everything because it takes, you know, it takes somebody who is in it, you know, to be able to tell us how they truly feel. So Paul was saying, you guys are saying all this. You know what? I, I, let me tell you some things. Maybe it's going to help you guys. So he says, I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from the Lord. You guys are boasting that you get visions. You are boasting that you are apostles and all that. He was saying that, you know, let me tell you what, let me tell you about this, and I'll tell you what happened as a result of it. Verse 3. So in verse 3, Paul says, I was, verse 2, sorry. He said, I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. So Paul begins a lesson in history, in his personal history, saying 14 years ago, something happened to me. Something happened to me. I was caught up to the heavens, to the third heavens. Now, you know, the Bible talks about different heavens, right? It talks about the first heaven, which is where we have the atmosphere and all that, and all that. And it goes on, you know, you know where we have the stars, the moon. And then it talks about the third heaven, usually, you know, as a place to represent, you know, that place where God, where God's throne is, that realm. That realm that is beyond, that dimension that is beyond all the physical dimensions and all that. Paul says, I was caught into that. He said, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Verse 3. Verse 3. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise. And I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. So Paul is talking about, listen, Paul is telling this, he's talking about an awesome experience that took place in his life. An awesome experience that took place in life. A memorable, a memorable experience that took place in his life. But then, as a result of that experience, 14 years ago when he was writing, the, writing this, some other realities began to take place as a result of that experience. Let's read on. He said, the, that experience is worth boasting about. But I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. Verse 6. If I wanted to boast, 
I'll be, I'll be no fool in doing so. Because I'll be telling the truth. But I won't do it. Because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Verse 7. Even though I have received such wonderful revelation, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Let's stop. Let's stop a little bit and let's unpack that. So, Paul began to say, you know what, guys? What I, what I should do is I will, you know, I should just come and boast and tell you about all the great spiritual experiences that I've had. And, talk to, and tell you guys that I've experienced and heard things that you, can, you have not even heard about. But today, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to boast instead about my struggles, my weaknesses. I'm going to boast instead about the struggles that I have gone through. About the struggles. Now, we're going to get to something very important that is really going to encourage everyone, you know, as we unpack, unpack uh, this message from Paul. Now, listen, every one of us has an area of struggle, whether it is public or private. Now, we have developed this skill. It's one of the skills that people first learn to develop in church. It is that skill of keeping what is private, private. In other words, we come to church, those days when we actually used to come to church. I can't imagine I'm, I'm saying that. You know, <laughs> we, we'll come to church and everybody's dressed up so nice and all that. But there are some things going on that nobody knows that you can't talk about. You don't, you don't talk to everybody, just feel that, oh yeah, he's so cool, she's so good. Look at the way she lifts up her hand. Look at the way she, you know, you know he, he, he does. He's so spiritual. Everything is just all together. Everything is just all together. You know, you know, this person is just flawless. This person doesn't even have any problem. So, you know, people, you know, everybody just feels like, oh, yeah, everything is all perfect, you know. Hunky-dory, you know, we're all. And so we just pretend. We pretend as if everything is fine. So but Paul here says, I'm going to tell you about my struggle. I'm going to tell you that in the midst of revelations, in the midst of progress, in the midst of amazing things, there's another reality that is going on simultaneously. I'm going through a struggle, even though I'm going through a revival. I'm going through a revival. I'm going through revelations. I'm going through abundance. I'm going through amazing things. I'm experiencing God in my life. In my ministry, in my marriage, in my you know, in my uh, you know, career, and all that. But on the other side, there's this struggle that I still go through too. I'm sure everybody can identify with that. You can identify with that. Paul says, "I want to tell you something. Listen, every one of us has something like that. It is something that coexist that sorry that coexists with you constantly." He says, "For 14 years, this has been going on." Something that irritates you. You will see later as we're standing that this was something that irritated Paul. Something that you wish could just go away. Something that is constantly after your focus. After your faith. After your future. Paul says, I'm going to be transparent. I want you to look into my life. And I'm going to tell you something private that I've been dealing with. This thing is private, but it has public implications. Paul uses a very strong metaphor for it. He calls it a thorn in my flesh. A thorn in my flesh. It wasn't a literal thorn like 
you know, somebody put a thorn in there. No, no, no. It wasn't a literal thorn. It was a figurative word. It was a figurative word. A thorn in my flesh. It was something, Paul was using that term to talk about something that was painful and something that was constantly present. When something is a thorn in your flesh, it is painful and it is constantly, it is there, it is present. So let's unpack some things that we can learn from this. So I want to talk about seven things very quickly. Seven things that we can learn from this passage that will help us in our own current reality. So the first thing, let me describe the reality. So my first point is the realities. I just gave you an introduction. The realities. So Paul, in this story, talked about certain realities that he faced. And these realities will help you understand some of these things that you are facing right now. Now, the first thing about the reality, the first reality he faced was the reality of conflicting circumstances. The reality of conflicting circumstances. What do I mean by conflicting circumstances? How many of you have been at that point before? Like I talked about, you are experiencing revival, but at the same time, you are experiencing depression. You are experiencing a blessing, but on the other side, you are experiencing a test. It's like God is working in your life and you, and you are truthful when you tell people that, you know what, I, I, I mean, God has just been amazing in my life. I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. But on one side, on the other side, you see something else that is conflicting. Paul says, I got revelations, I got that, but then there was something that was buffeting me. It was conflicting circumstances. Every believer goes through it. If you are going to be real, if you are going to be transparent, transparent, you know, my first message this morning was keeping it real. If you are going to be transparent, we all go through this conflict, conflicting circumstances. God is good, but somewhere along the line we say, oh, God is good, but, you know, we almost tend to say, God, but what about this one? For every progress you make, like somebody said, for every level there's a new devil. For every progress you make, there's some, like something else shows up that creates a constraint. You know what people usually get to? They get to a point where they feel that they are not okay. And that's what I'm, on, I'm about to, I want to add. I'm, it's one of those things I want to address today. They feel that they are not okay. They feel, they feel that, oh no, something must be wrong with me. Something must be wrong with my life. Maybe I'm not in the will of God. That's why I'm going through all this stuff. Maybe I'm not in the will of God. No, it's just, you will see that there is a reality. There's another reality that we need to learn about. We're going to get to that later. So the first thing that Paul was going through was the reality of conflicting circumstances. So if you are going through some conflicting circumstances right now, you are experiencing progress in one area, but in another area, it seems as if you are going back. It's like you are taking two steps forward, and then it looks like you are you're taking a, you know, two steps backward. It's like you, know, you are enjoying in this area, but in this other area, it's like you are struggling. Paul went through the same thing, and Paul was very transparent about it, that this is what I was going on. Extreme revelation, but then extreme buffeting by the devil. Extreme tormenting you know, by a messenger of Satan. Number two, Paul was experiencing the reality of confusing causes confusing causes you see this is one of the areas where there has been a lot of theological debate if you have ever gone to, you know studied theology or gone through i mean read about this passage you will see all the interpretations and all that for this passage so who is the person who sent this thing to paul 
Who is the one causing the conflict? Who is the one causing? Who, what is behind this confusion, this state? How many of you have asked yourself that question? You are going through something and you are asking the question, is it the devil or is it God? Is it the devil or is it God? You know, you see, we have developed this thing of always wanting simplistic explanation to complex events. I used to do it too before. When somebody comes to me, you know, when I first started pastoring, when somebody comes to me, you know, I had this simplistic way of, you know, of looking at things. The devil did this and God did this. And then I tried to put it in that category. But one of the things I have learned as I began to grow as a believer, that there are certain things in your life that you need to pause and say, okay, the devil is doing this, but maybe somewhere along the line, God is also, God is working through it. Not that God necessarily caused it, but God is also working through it. Look at what Paul says here. Look at what he says. He said, even though I had, I had received wonderful revelations from God. So, if you are, where you are sitting there, say God. God. So, God is giving the revelation. So, God is working, right? God is the one that gave the revelation. So, God is working there. He said, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Who is trying to keep Paul from becoming proud? Is it the devil? Is it the devil trying to keep me from becoming proud? He says, God was trying to do something, and I'll tell you the reason. He said, he said, I was giving a thorn in my flesh. So it's like, okay, this thing is happening. So Paul is saying, on one part, I see God moving. Understand it. On one part, I see God moving. But then he says, a messenger from Satan to torment me, to keep me from becoming proud. He said, on one side, I see God moving, but on the other side, I, it's as if the devil is the one, the devil is the one walking. So you see, co confusing causes. Confusing causes. If you study the Bible, you understand that there are many stories like Paul was talking about. The story of Job. It was the devil that was tormenting Job. But you understand that underneath that torment, God was, also, God was doing something with Job. God was doing something with Job. Just Satan and was responsible, but behind the scene, God was also working. What about Joseph? Joseph, I mean, how many of you would like to go through what Joseph went through? You were beloved of your dad, and you are wearing the coat of many colors. And then before you know, your brother sold you. You know, they put you in the pit. They put you in prison. You became a slave. You went to Potiphar's house, and then you were, they lied. You know, they lied about you. Then they throw you in jail. What will you say? You will say, the devil is after me. The devil is destroying my life. Then you will go. In our days, you will go. You will call the prophet. You will call. You know, you will say, come and cast out the demon of the demon of always, always being accused. The demon of always going cast it out of me. I need some deliverance. I need some deliverance. How come it is me? I was in my father's house. There must be a curse over my life. I was, I was my father's house. I was there. Then they put me in the pit. I was in Potiphar's house. I was doing well. Then they put me in the prison. They lied about me. How come it's me? Whenever I'm up and then something will just come and I'm down. There must be a generational curse. Pastor, can you remove it out of my life? Can you cast this thing out of my life? Now, if you look at it in that simplistic way, some of you will cast out the things that God is using. God is allowing to prepare you for what he has called you for. You will cast it out. Because look at, but look at the way uh, uh, Joseph looked at it. In the book of Genesis chapter 50, uh, Genesis chapter 50, 
just, I mean, when his brother came to him, verse 20, Joseph said there are two meanings. Listen, there are two intentions. Two, two intentions in what is happening. And I want to tell you something that there are two, in your own life too, there are two intentions. There are some things that are clear called the devil walking, right? We know it. You know, you know, the, you know sickness, these things that Jesus bore on the cross and all that, that, that you know clear called the devil is walking, right? And I need to stand against it, receive the devil, and it will flee from you. But there are certain things in your life that are a little bit murky. Like that, they're a bit murky. Paul says, you, I'm sorry, Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. So he said, you had one intention. Satan had one intention to use this thing to destroy me. But behind the scene, God had another intention, and that intention is that God will use this thing to help other people. Now, you now know what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 when he says that God is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can be able to comfort others with the same comfort that we have received of God. So some things that are going on in your life right now, I want you to understand certain things in your life right now. You can't just put them into some clear-cut categories. Hallelujah. There are certain things going on right now that the devil intends for evil, but behind the scene, God is working something great out from your life. And that is what Paul was talking about in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember that Jesus was crucified. Jesus being crucified was a bad thing from one perspective. But it was a good thing from another perspective. Jesus was crucified by wicked men. But it was God. The Bible also tells us in another place that it was God that crucified him. That God had crucified him before the foundation of the world. That it was God. God crucified him. God allowed him to be crucified for our sins. So you see that the conflict. So Paul was going through conflicting circumstances. Paul was going through confusing. He was, he was trying confusing causes. Which one? Which one? Amen. And then the, 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 the third reality and the last reality that Paul was going through was the reality of constant continuity. Constant continuity. Not only was this thing causing all this confusion with Paul, how come I'm up, I'm doing this, and then this thing is there. This thing was constantly present. Paul says, I, three different times, some people when they read it, they think Paul did a, uh, a, one, a weekend prayer a retreat. And then three times, he said, God, take this thing from me, number one. God, take this thing from me, number two. God, take this thing from me, number three. No. Three different times, over a 14-year period, that's what Paul was talking about. He said, over a 14-year period, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. I begged God three different times. You know, that was Paul, you know, this thing was constantly there, constantly present. And he would go, you know, pray, separate it and pray. He said, God, take this thing away. Take this thing away. And then he would continue. Later, he would talk about what God told him all those three different times that he prayed. Then he will continue. He will go back again, God. So there was constant continuity. Is there something in your life that you, you, you know, a particular pattern that you have been praying, you, you pray about it. You are moving on. You are working in God's purpose. But it's a particular pattern. You just find it. This thing just shows up again. You know, I've identified some patterns in my life. You know, that after I do so, I know that when I do something for a long time, one of the patterns, one of the patterns, you know, that Satan will always want to rise up is something that will raise up people, you know, you know, just different things like that. I've seen it over time. And over time, this message has really helped me on how to handle such patterns. What is the pattern in your life? 
What is that pattern? What is that thing that over a 14-year period, over a 10-year period, over a 5-year period that you've been dealing with, you've been talking about and all that, but it's like that thing just stays, it just comes back again. It just comes back as a cycle. So let's go to the next point, the reasons. The reasons. So we talk about the realities. So what are the reasons for this reality? Paul tells us immediately. Look at it. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 7 to 8. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. So what is the reason? Number one reason. Satan meant that thing to torment you. Satan meant the thing to torment. I told you that there are two intentions. Satan meant it to torment you. So listen, if you become tormented, if you allow yourself to become tormented by the circumstances, by the pressures, by the things that are going on, you allow the torment to fill your mind and you allow it to change, to, you allow it to change the, the way you, you think, the way you think about God, the way you feel, you become des- despondent, you get into despair, then the purpose of Satan is being fulfilled. He wants you to become tormented about it. I tell people, water can, tra- can splash all around, but don't let water get into your boat. Circumstances, you know, circumstances might happen, but don't let it steal your peace. Don't let it affect your resolve. Don't let it affect what is going on inside of you. No matter what you are going through right now, in this time or at another time, no matter what is happening right now, don't let it dictate how you are going to handle life. Don't let it dictate how you are going to feel. Rise up in the midst of it and say, I'm not going to allow the plan of Satan to be fulfilled. I'm not going to allow myself to become tormented. To become depressed. I'm not going to allow myself to get to a point where every, people can't recognize me anymore. Now listen, Paul, in the midst of all this thing, Paul continued his ministry. God kept on doing it. He went back to God, but he kept on doing it. He kept on doing it. He didn't allow it to deter him. I'm here to encourage you. Don't let that situation deter you. Don't let that situation deter you. God, 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 God is so strong. God said there's no temptation that over, that's overtaking you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. That with every temptation, it will make a way of escape so that you can be able to bear it. I want you to understand that you don't have to get into torment. You don't have to get, to get into the, that state of completely being wiped out in your emotions, wiped out in your faith. Because that's the purpose of Satan. That was his purpose with Job. He wanted to destroy Job's faith. He wanted Job to curse, to curse God. He wanted Job to get to a point where he said, God, you, know, you, know, God you, are, you are not good. You are not that. That was his own purpose. But listen, there's another purpose with it. Number two, God is using it as a reminder. Or God was using it for Paul as a reminder of his humanity. But for you, God is using it as a reminder of your humanity. Of your humanity. How, do I, how did I see that? Paul says, keep me from becoming proud. To keep me from becoming proud. So there is another purpose underneath. And that purpose was... To keep Paul in a place where he will always be dependent on God and he will not become dependent upon his accomplishments, dependent upon the accolades, dependent upon his successes, dependent upon what people are telling him, you are so good, you are so bad, and all the things that he has gotten, that he will still remain dependent on God. Every one of us needs to be reminded of our humanities. Sometimes people remind us of our titles. 
People remind us of the amazing things that we have done. Sometimes we remind ourselves, and there's nothing wrong with that, about the great things that God is doing through our lives. But sometimes we need to be reminded that we are human. And that all these things is by God's grace. It is not because we are smarter. It's not because we are better. It's not because we are the greatest. You know, we are the best things in sliced bread. You know, it's not, it's not because we are, we're just, you know, we just got everything all together and everybody, everybody just, you know, everybody just, just didn't have it together. We are the one. We're standing out there. When you get to that point, I can assure you that something is going to cut you down. Because God will never allow you to be at that point. Because he says God resisted the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So in other words, God, God was actually protecting Paul from getting to a point where he will begin to think that he's all that. But it was to remind him about his humanity. And many times I'm reminded of my humanity. Sometimes, you know, some things will happen and I'm reminded. Sometimes some people will come here and tell me something. I'm reminded of my humanity. I'm reminded constantly. Oh, you know what? Just remember, it's only God walking through you. It's only God walking through you in this area. But you must remember that in the midst of it, you are human. 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 You need to depend on God. You need to pray. You need to seek God. You need to, you know, you need to go after him. And that's how you are going to continue to be sustained. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I feel like preaching this morning. I just feel like standing up and preaching, but I'm not going to stand up. Amen. You know, number three. So we talk about the reason. Number three, the request. The request. So we've heard about the realities. And then we talked about the reasons. Now let's talk about the request. So Paul says, okay, i got to deal with this thing. So he goes to God and then he makes his request. That's the same request that a lot of us make when we go through these conflicting situations. What do we say? Lord! Take it away! Lord! <laughs> Take it away! Why me? I don't want this anymore! God! I mean, I can just imagine Paul, the apostle Paul, you know, the word he used there is not just a light word. He said, I begged. I begged the Lord. Look at it. I begged. This is the man that taught us new creation reality where the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hold on. He said, I, I went to God. I said, God, please, please, please take this thing away. Please, 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 please. Take it away. Take it away. Three times over a four-year period. Take this thing away. Beg him. Beg him. And then we go to the next thing. That's very simple. Let's go to the next thing. The response of God. The response. He said, each time God said, each time. I mean, God, sometimes God, God will repeat the same thing. You thought he's going to change your mind. He said, each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Each time. So, that means first time. Paul didn't get it. Paul didn't get it the first time. He was praying, God, take it away. God said, listen, in the midst of that thing, there's something that I've given you that can help you sustain, overcome, win, survive, do whatever you need to do. And it's called my grace. Because my power, which is what you need for life, doesn't work when your humanity is exalted. My power doesn't work when you feel like you can do it all by yourself. When you feel like, oh, I got it all together. Say, my power works best. When you realize that I'm the one doing it in the first place. 
say, I didn't come to make the difference. You know, sometimes we teach, we, 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 we talk about the fact that we do what we can do and then God will do the rest. That's not a New Testament message, really. That's a secular message. In the New Testament, that's not what it says. God didn't come to make up the difference. Jesus didn't come to make up the difference. And Jesus is the difference. He's the, he's the one from beginning to the end. From beginning to the end is the difference. For by grace you have been saved, not of works. That's any man should boast. True faith. So both the grace, sorry, both the, both the salvation and the faith that you need for salvation is totally from God. None of it is from you. It's all grace. It's all grace. Anything we do is just a response to grace. It is not, let me do what I can do and then God will not do the rest. No, it is, let me depend on God to do through me all that he has come to do. My grace is all. All means all. Oh, I'm going to talk a bit more about that. But the response of God was, my, my strength works best in weakness. You see, there are two extremes that we Christians, and if you are watching me too, it applies to you if you are not a believer. There are two extremes that we usually fall into. The first one is what I call the charismatic superman. The charismatic superman is that man that has everything under control. Everybody looks to you and they say, he got it all together. And we too, we have lied to ourselves so much that we can't cry, we can't weep, we have all the answers to every question, we have everything, and everybody says, oh, he's so perfect. Charismatic superman. That's an extreme. The second one is the cautious secular man. The cultural secular man is that aspect where we just say, you know, we're so, we so organized. Like, we're organized, we plan our time, we make sure that we don't do things beyond what our strength can handle. So you don't bite more than you can chew. Just do the things that are not dangerous. <laughs> you know, just do small, small things. You know, be very cautious about life and all that. That is another extreme. But Paul is telling us, God was telling Paul about another another one, another reality here where we're truly supposed to be. It is that reality where you attempt things that put pressure on you. You do things that are greater than you. I wrote, I said this way, you must reach up beyond yourself and experience weakness. Weakness is not something to fear, to be ashamed of. It is the common experience of anyone who follows Jesus Christ. We don't live in cautiously safe limits. If you follow him, he will lead you out of your comfort zone. Christ calls us to launch out into the deep. Never think your experience of weakness means you are out of the will of God. God wants us to be in that tension. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm talking to people and I see that they're going, you know, tension is going on. Maybe they are doing some work, ministry work or some other thing. And they are talking and they are feeling the tension. And in their heart, they are like, let this tension go away. Let this tension go away. I just want this tension to go away. I just laugh with them. I said, man, I used to think that way too some years ago. Sometimes I say, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. And one of the things I've learned is that over 30 years, the tension never goes away. The tension never goes away. You think, if you think you resolve the tension, you have killed the progress. You move into, you, you make progress, other tensions will show up. 
Or you say, I'm just single now. If I can just become married, my life will be balanced. Then you become married, then another attention will come. Then you're married, you're like, if only I can have kids. If I have kids right now, my job, then the kids come, then the tension will come. Oh, I want to get a job. If I can just get a job, everything will be settled. Then you get a job, then you don't, you don't even have time to, to pray. You don't have time to, you know, to go to church anymore. It's like, this job, this job is just taking everything away from me. I don't even know. My life is not in order. Okay, should we take the job away? Okay, okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, take the job away and keep him from the job. No, 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 don't pray that prayer, Pastor. The reason is because it is not realistic. In this world, you shall have tribulation. If you are a person who is following Christ, you are going to experience tension. You are going to experience these tensions. You are going to go through times where it seems that you are not going to be able to make it. Where it seems as if the, the thing that God is telling you to do is more than what you can handle. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 10, about two chapters before this. He said, he said, I was beaten. I was, you know, so many things happened to him. He said, apart from all these things, he said, the daily pressure of the church that comes to me is one of, one of those things that really gets to me is the daily pressure of the church. In other words, for every step of progress, for at every point, there will be some tensions. Stop focusing on the tension. And I'm going to tell you, start milking the tension. I'm going to start milking the tension for your good. That's what Paul was trying to tell Paul. Sorry, yeah, Paul was trying to tell Paul. Get the treasure in the tension. Get the treasure in the tension. Get the treasure in the tension because this is not a path parking lot. You are going to move from this level to another level and other tensions are going to come. But with every tension, there's a treasure. For every season of your life, there's a treasure. Milk the treasure. Amen. So basically, um, you know, so Paul, God tells him that. So don't be afraid of weaknesses. Don't be afraid of those conflicting things. Go for the remedy. So the, the number five, the remedy. The remedy. So each time, it says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Next month, we're going to focus on this remedy. Remedy. It's going to be our theme for the month. We're going to be talking about grace, the grace show. So I'm not going to spend too much time, you know, today talking about it. It's going to be the, the show of God's grace. The remedy for all these things is the grace of God. The grace of God is the empowerment of God that comes upon a person. It's the unmerited, undeserved power of God that walks through a person that least deserves it or that does not deserve it. It is that thing that comes upon the person and says, it is you that I choose. It's favor. It is you that is going to do this thing and you are the least qualified in the eyes of people. You are, you are the one that has the least strength. But then, you are the one that I'm going to use so that I, I will get all the glory. Grace is that that works in you when you are utterly at the end of yourself. Grace is that that shines through you when you are at the end of yourself. When you, when you know that it is, whatever I do cannot carry me anywhere and you just hang on to dependence upon God. That's when grace shows. Grace can show up in your finances right now and make you the best. I mean, you might be going through troubles in finances right now. Post, you know, uh, in the last, in the, last uh, the chapter I read in the la last message, in last week, God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you have all sufficiency in everything. You can abandon to every good work. You right now that you are struggling financially will become the next millionaire. This next millionaire. When you depend upon the grace of God. You that nobody says you are not, you are not meant for anything. When people tell you that you are not you are not stable, you are not consistent, you are not going anywhere. You are the one that God has called. You are the one that God, God is looking at you and saying, Your weakness qualifies you. Your weakness qualifies you. 
God always looks for those people that he can get the glory for. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise after the flesh. But God has chosen the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. Listen, when you are down, then you are ready. When you are down and out, then God is up to something. God wants to take you in that weakness, in that weakness, and take that weakness to glorify himself. God wants to take this constraint, what you are going through right now, and lift you to another level where other people can see that you are not qualified for it, but it's working in your life. You don't deserve it, but it's working in your life. And so you will get a lesson from it, you will get a lesson from it, and they will get a message from it. You will get a lesson from it, and you will get a message from it. Number six, the resolve. So when that happened, God told him the remedy. Paul now decided, and that's the resolve that I want all of you to make today as I begin to end this message. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Paul said, I will now start boasting in those weaknesses. You know, when I begin to go through those tensions, when I begin to go through all those things, I'm going to begin to rejoice because I know now, <laughs> now God is about to move. God is about to move. I will now start rejoicing. Paul had a new resolve. This is the resolve. The summary of it is, I will celebrate weakness. I will not run away from weakness, feeling weak, you know, because I can't undo this stuff. But I will celebrate weakness because I know that in my inabilities, God's grace is able. Finally, when Paul made that result, the last point, the result. What was the result of Paul's decision? You know, he had been praying about this thing for three times. And then God told him exactly the same thing the three times. And I think the third time he got it. And the third time, Paul makes this decision. That, you know what? Now I've decided that I'm going to be having fun in the midst of the weaknesses. I'm going to be rejoicing because now I know the power of God. What is the result of getting to this point in your own life? What is the, what, look at it, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, weaknesses, in insults. How can you deny it in insult? When people are insulting you, you don't begin to say, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for insulting me, because now something is about to happen. Oh, I delight in insults. I, de I delight in hardships. I delight in persecution, in difficulties. How can you get to a point where difficulties begin to excite you? Where constraints begin to excite you? Where the things that used to get you that I used to go and beg God for before now becomes your excitement because you got a revelation of grace that in the midst of that constraint, a story is being made. Something is happening. Two things. Number one, the reason why Paul could delight is because he is able to prove God's grace. The result of living this way is that you are able to put, prove God's grace on a consistent basis. I wrote it this way. I said, there are experiences of grace you will only experience in the place of weakness. There's something like I call the parable of the pit. So, let's assume that, you know, it's a story. Somebody was thrown into a pit. I'm going to end with this story. Somebody was thrown into a pit, and they say, you have seven days to be in this pit. You have seven days. You have seven days to be in this pit. And after seven days, we're going to pit, pull you out, out of this pit. So, they put you in the pit, then you go into the pit, it's dark and all that. 
it's terrible and you say oh just seven more days and it's just and then the next day six more days five more days four more days and then when it was when it's the seventh day they throw down the rope and then you climb up and you say ah i survived i made it i made it but what you did not know that while you were in that pit it was actually a diamond mine that pit was a diamond mine so you were there just focus on the inconvenience and now you will get out of it. Rather, this is what you need to do. Mind the pit! Mind the pit! Whatever you are going through right now, mind it! Lockdown period, mind it! Challenges and constraints, mind it! People coming against you, mind it! Mind this! Period. Pick up all the diamonds. It's not going to last forever. You're only there in the pit for seven days. They're going to lift you up in seven days, but are they going to lift you up empty? Or you are going to be lifted, lift, you are going to be lifted up with something, with treasure in your pocket. Mind the pit. Mind the pit. Mind your singleness. Mind your marriage. Mind your right now when you don't have a job. You know, do something. Develop yourself. Mind now that you have this job that is taking so much from you. Mind it to learn to develop, you know, dependence on the grace of God. To be able to handle it. Mind every situation. Mind every circumstance. Don't be lifted out of the pit with an empty, with an empty hand, with an empty pocket. Fill it with diamonds. There are jewels of God's grace waiting for, for you to mine. You must not come out empty-handed. Paul says, I've learned to mine it. And in doing that, he says, what I've learned is that I experience the power of God. The result of living this way is that I constantly experience the power of God. When you feel the most inadequate, it's when God is most active. Strength comes when you feel the weakest. This is my message for you today. No matter what is happening in your life right now, your current realities, there's a, there's a higher reality. Confusing circumstances. You don't even know, you have conflicting thoughts about the causes of it. It is constantly there. The continuance of it is just there constantly. You have cried to God about it. You have prayed about it. Now it's time for you to understand that in the midst of that thing, you can learn to walk in the grace of God. Reach out to God's grace now. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, I pray that this week, everyone will learn to depend on your grace. I pray, Lord, for a revelation of grace in this season that in the midst of constraints and in the midst of our circumstances, there's another intention that is there. It is your intention. There's another thing happening. There are some treasures in the pit. I pray that every one of us will come out with these treasures. That these treasures will be the testimony of our lives, just like Paul says. I went through it. It was tough. 14-year period. But now I'm a better person. I now know that these things are not the things that should dictate me. They dictate how I feel. They should not be my torment. I have learned right now that the grace of God is able to handle it. And so I rejoice right now. I live in joy when I see difficulties. And I'm able to do more for the kingdom of God. Don't turn every one of us into people who don't run away from problems. But who run towards problems. 
people who say, I will solve this by the grace of God. I will go through this by the grace of God. I will find the lemonade that is in this lemon. I will find what is in this thing that is supposed to take my life to a new level. I will not run away. And thank you, Lord, because great giants of the faith will be raised up. People who will speak words of encouragement from a depth of experience. Generals who have their scars. Those who experience your glory, who, are, who, have, who have a story. That will be the experience of everybody watching me. I pray right now for a release of grace. In Jesus' name I pray. If you are watching me and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, maybe you stumbled upon this broadcast one way or the other and you just you were just listening. I want you to know that the greatest act of the grace of God is when it takes a person who is down in sin, who has no help, no strength, down in sin, bound by everything, and shows that person grace and lifts that person up out of that pit and gets you to become a child of God. Jesus Christ has already provided that for you. All you need to do is ask for it. For it is not by your works. It is by the grace of God. Just say right now, wherever you are, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Take me from this pit. Make me your child. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again for my sake. Lord, I depend upon your grace. In your grace right now, save me and make me who you have called me to be. If you are here and your relationship with God is not okay, the grace of God is there for you too. Just call upon him and tell him, Lord, strengthen me right now by your grace. I know I've been falling in all these things, but Lord, strengthen me by your grace. I know that it's not in my own strength, but it is through your grace. Your grace is sufficient for me in this situation. Come on, just reach out to God's grace and receive it now. Thank you, Father, for ministering grace to everybody in whatever circumstance they are right now. Thank you for lifting up the spirit of your people and thank you for setting them upon a new path for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.